Welcome to GoodBuddy's Market Pulse update for 19th of October 2020. Every Monday, we provide a concise overview of the key themes driving financial markets and investor decisions around the world. We're joined today by Chief Investment Officer Bernard Swords. Good morning, Bernard. Flattish week last week in markets, but some good data out of the US and, and even overnight from China. Yes, uh, yes, good morning all. Yeah, it was a flat week, a consolidation week, and I suppose in the early part, we were probably dominated by political discussions. So one was the continued wrangle in the US about the next fiscal uh, stimulus package and that just seems to be dragging on uh, with no no end in sight there. Um, and then you also had the Brexit uh, negotiations and the seesawing between uh, London and Brussels as to who's going to take a firmer line. Probably coming down towards, um, we'll get, uh, get maybe the, the, the less hard exit or a, a better outturn on the Brexit side. On the US side, nothing really in sight at the moment. Uh, but what gave us the fill-up then towards the end of the week was the data that came out, as you said. Um, probably in the U.S., the key one was retail sales. So a very strong uh, September in the U.S. for retail sales. Um, we had been worried as uh, sort of the income supports came away, which started in August and um, started in July, actually late July, that we'd see a, a, a turn down in retail sales or certainly a, a mellowing in the growth rate. And that doesn't seem to have happened. They actually accept accelerated through September. So that fiscal cliff that we were worried about uh, maybe isn't uh, as severe a cliff as we would have thought. Uh, The other then is China. Uh, They had GDP and they had retail sales figures and fixed investment uh, out uh, overnight. And GDP was a little bit below expectations. But the September figures for retail sales and fixed asset investment actually showed an acceleration in the Chinese economy at the end of the quarter. Um, so the China is sort of the size of the Chinese economy and it's now larger than it was pre-COVID. So it's uh, recovered all that, that it's lost. So those encouraging uh, economic data sort of lifted us uh, at the end of the week as we uh, after we came through the, the political uncertainty. And Q3 earnings season kicked off uh, last week with with many of the U.S. banks reporting. Uh, can you give us any color or, or trends there? Yeah, yeah, I, I think it was a very encouraging start. Uh, if we take the last couple of quarters, the banks are always one of the first to report, and they've been very mixed uh, signals coming from their results. So we saw big jumps in provisions, uh, obviously cutting uh, cutting down net interest income as interest rates came down. So and then, but then stronger capital markets offsetting that and they were always quite murky where actually this time around they're, they're quite a clean set of results and a very strong set of results uh, uh, from the US so if we look at provisioning and this is where US banks look forward to you know, is this loan for the next number of years likely to turn bad Um so at the last quarter, you would have had 37 billion of provisions put through. That's come all the way down to 6 billion now in this quarter, and you're kind of down to normal type of rates of provisioning for for any le- uh, level of lending growth. Then on the other side, in capital markets, income has been extremely strong. Um, net interest income is still under pressure due to the low interest rates, but we're kind of anniversarying that now. So kind of know where that's going to be. So I would have thought it was quite a, an encouraging set of results from the U.S. Uh, banks. And normally, they're, they're, as I said, over the last couple of courses, a bit more clouded. So I'd say it, it sets up quite well for for uh, the results season. And finally, Bernard, the rate of infections and, and spread of COVID-19 it, it seems to be taking hold again, certainly here in Ireland and, and equally across Europe. Mm-hmm. Is this giving you cause for concern in terms of your cautiously optimistic outlook? It, it is 
probably the 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 least predictable uh, element of it all. Uh, uh, none of us are experts in uh, disease management, but I guess if we step back and look at it, um, in Asia it is well under control at this stage. Uh, and we can see that in the Chinese figures now, where the economy is. Uh, bigger than it was pre pre the pre the COVID outbreak, so 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 they they have got it under control. Uh, in the US, it's it's flattening off a little bit. Actually, Europe seems to be particularly uh, bad and really standing out against the rest of the globe. Um, it's not managing it uh, particularly well in the short term, anyway. And this can change uh, every week. But then, uh, how are markets looking at this? Uh, they know it's a con- uh, it's an issue out there. It becomes a major issue for them if there's major lockdowns, and there still seems to be resistance uh, to doing major lockdowns. Um, and then they're looking at what's happening on the vaccine side. So we've had two companies, Pfizer and uh, AstraZeneca, who said we should have. They should know by late October, early November, will their vaccine products. Uh, be working. So we've got that going on in the background and helping markets to look through the turbulence over the, in the short term as we, we see infections rise and fall in different places around the globe. That's great. Thank you, Bernard. That concludes this week's episode of Market Pulse. For further news and analysis on markets, financial planning and investments, please go to www.ie forward slash insights.